What's up, everybody? It's LG Doucette here. Today is Monday, October 18th, 2021. Welcome to The First Mint, a podcast where I talk about marketplace trends, big sales, and everything going on in the world of NFTs and Top Shot. It is the week after the main part of FlowFest, but FlowFest is going on. We got some stuff still happening. It ain't done working with the Flow team. I'll be in the FlowFest or Flowverse Discord every day this week at 10 a.m. Pacific, talking to some different projects, maybe talking to El Dumbo from Top Shot as well. And I think there's still a bunch of mystery packs being given away, so make sure you tune into that. Otherwise, today we have a very special treat for you. We have an interview with Brandon Sowell from uh, Moment Ranks from Shot Talking. He is one of the brightest minds in the NBA Top Shot community, and I interviewed him over the weekend to talk about everything that's gone on in NBA Top Shot. It's pretty much going to be a two-part podcast this week where today's edition, we're just chatting about all the stuff that's happened in Top Shot in the last couple of days, like the run of backdrop, the Dwayne Wade fandom moment, legendary moments moving off the platform, all that good stuff. So it's pretty much like an update slash interview slash honestly chatter with an awesome guy. Wednesday, we're going to play the second part of that interview, which is moments slash players to pick up before it's too late. That's right. Brandon comes on and he talks about, he's got a sweet list of players that he thinks are going to break out this year and that maybe you want to consider, we all want to consider getting our hands on their debuts and their Series 2 moments and all that stuff before those players just get too good and too expensive down the line. I want to remind everybody here that nothing on the show constitutes trading advice in any way. This show is not affiliated with NBA Top Shot, the NBA, or Dapper Labs, although we are affiliated with FlowFest. I'm just a guy at his house who loves basketball and blockchain and the start of the NBA season and spending too much time looking at NFTs. This is the first mint. Ladies and gentlemen of the first mint, we have a return guest, Brandon from Shot Talking and from the OKC Thunder Dream Team podcast. Dude, I feel like I'm talking to a, a podcast celebrity here on my own podcast. Holy shit, man. How many podcasts you got going now? Ah, just the two. Just the two. But, you know, I don't know if there's room for one more, but I might try to squeeze it in if I find one. If you had to do a podcast about something totally different, like not Top Shot or, you know, the Thunder or, any, or basketball or anything like that, what would it be? Like, what's an, a totally different topic that you'd want to cover? <sighs> That's a good question. Never thought about that uh, because it's always just been basketball. But the first thing that comes to mind, I think, would be music. I think I would love to do like a music podcast, uh, you know, listen to albums and maybe do reviews or kind of dig into like the uh, details of, of songs, things like that. Like there's a there's a podcast that I really like called Song Exploder and they Song dig into like the, the elements of every song. And it's just a really cool concept. Song Exploder. So that's just a unique concept. Cool, man. Are you, do you play a lot of music? Do you play music like any instruments? <clears throat> yeah, so I'm a musician. I, I, I play the guitar. Well, really, that's it. So, uh, But I've grown up playing the guitar, and music is... Honestly, basketball was my first love, and then it transitioned into music, and I kind of just stopped paying attention to basketball through high school as I was like finding my musician phase. Then I kind of came back, and I was in a band for a long time, and... We played a lot of shows. It was a lot of fun. I was living the band wow. life, but yeah. Oh, wow, man. My life has been all over the place. The more you know, the more you know. What kind of music, like what was your growing up, like what was your main inspiration music-wise? I was definitely a pop punk kid. So I grew up on like Blink-182, Green Day, stuff like that. And that kind of shaped, 
Not good Charlotte. I didn't uh they were like a band that I was like, nah, I'm not into that one. Like that was too <laughs> that was too poppy punky, you know. It, it oh, made yeah. no sense. You know, when oh, you're a yeah. kid, like you just find these reasons to not like a band. Yeah, it wasn't in that, but like then that developed into uh more of like an indie thing. Like I was super into Death Cab for Cutie. Uh oh, then I yeah, then course. I got into Modest Mouse and that really shaped like who I was as a musician and kind of played its way into the band that I was in. And uh then I kind of rolled out of that into more folk like folk americana and that's kind of what i'm into now like uh, just playing an acoustic guitar like i grew up playing electric just all day every day but when you get older and you're just by yourself and you don't have anyone to play with and you're just playing music by yourself it, it's it becomes harder to plug in and you know hook up the pedal board and all that stuff so right like an aging rocker basically is what you're describing <laughs> yes yes Oh, nice, man. Yeah, well, that's that's very much along my taste. But I did, I will admit, there's a point where I, I think I went to see Good Charlotte. I think they were opening for Newfound Glory, though. So I feel like that's like at least a little bit better yeah. in terms of being like overly poppy. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know if you ever listen to like Less Than Jake, but they were also. Yeah, yeah, Less Than Jake. Yeah, Less yeah. Than Jake. Haven't so heard that name in a shows. long time. I know. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Um, dude, there's been so much the last couple of days, you know, and, and we've been busy, uh, on Flowfest, and obviously they, it looks like, you know, a lot of, a lot of the top shot news coincided with Flowfest. a lot, a lot kind of came down the barrel and now we're recording this on Saturday, the 16th. I feel like there might still be more to come between now and the opener in three days. Let's, let's kind of just go across all the topics or all the things that have happened. Cause I'd love to recap them with you. Brandon, tell me first, like, did you get to run a backpack? I did. What'd you get? I pulled a Quentin Richardson. So I got in on uh, Priority Q1, which seems like basically everyone that got in there got a pack. There were a small sector of of people that qualified that didn't, which pain. That's just straight pain. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I pulled a Quentin Richardson. It's one of those things you're happy to get a pack, and then you get your pool, and you're like, ah, ah, you know, but whatever. I can't <laughs> complain. I got a, I got a pack. Did you, are you like a rip right away kind of person or did you save it for the show or how's that work? I didn't save it because I just, I was ready and our show was, you know, five days away. So it's like, all right, I'm ready to rip. Let's go ahead and rip. And I knew I was, which maybe this could have been a case to hold on to it, but I knew I was going to go in the marketplace and, uh, and start buying a few of them as well. So what have you bought so far? I bought the Iverson. Mm-hmm. That was the big mm-hmm. one I mm-hmm. bought. I was like, I got to get a big one. Um, mm-hmm. And and that was that felt like the most iconic play in the set to me. It felt like one of those highlights that will live on on top. Like you'll go back and rewatch and be like, okay, this this highlight is sick. Um, and Iverson, he's like a cultural icon, you know. And uh, I grew up with him, uh, so not as his friend or anything, but just like watching him. <laughs> Dude, good for you, man. That's a pricey. Uh, that's a pricey tamale right there. That Iverson moment. It is, and and then then I picked up some other smaller ones, uh, Ray Allen, Richard Lewis, and that's kind of to go with like the OKC Thunder, Seattle Supersonics, and then Chris Paul rookie. I think that's all. And I'm eyeing the Garnett. I've been eyeing the Garnett all morning. Okay, okay, okay. What about Archive? What about the Archive guys? I have uh, not bought any of those, but I pulled some. Got a couple Dwight's with the Lillard, which is maybe my favorite archive moment. But I've kind of, I figured I can circle back to those if I need to. But it, just my general philosophy, honestly, is I just don't buy a lot of commons anymore. I I try to kind of stay away from that 
just based on everything that Top Shot has told us and over the past six months, you know, just like commons are meant to be common. So I listen to that and I buy the ones I want. I like the highlights, I like the players or something like that, but I'm not going to make it a point to just go buy up a bunch of them. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I'm I, on the other side where I've mainly bought like a stack of commons, but it's more so on my end, I kind of want to stack some of that collector score. And then also I wanted to have like, I mainly bought a lot of like Kyle Lowry's and then also like just stars for the commons. And I wanted to have Kyle's like, because I still have a lot of friends who aren't too into Top Shot and they don't really get it. And over time they'll come around, especially, um, you know, as well, who knows what's going to happen at the Raptors in the next couple of years. But I, I kind of wanted to have some Lowry's to like give out his gifts. Um, and also just a treasure trove because he's, you know, this is, that's, those are his last uh, Raptors moments. But then the other commons, I find it's nice. I find it's like it's nice to be able to have like a Luca that only costs like 20 bucks to be able to give as a gift or even just to have a few of. But oh, uh, I definitely I feel you on, on stacking some of those 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 higher value moments as well, especially as we enter the unknown series three. Right. And we don't know what that's what the dynamics are going to look like yet, even though. The season's about to start. Yeah, it's it's going to be super interesting. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I've been thinking about this a lot. Like, what's going to happen? Like, wh- I mean, everyone's been thinking about it. But like, what are Series 2 commons going to look like? Obviously, the collector score boost is going to be huge with, series with the three, price of them. Series 3 or Series well, 2? Well, yeah, like, so what are they going to look... What's Series 2 commons going to look like in relation to Series 3 when they start rolling out? You know, like, with the 12 collector score uh, going against 2... And the mint counts being even the 40Ks maybe look quite small. Uh, so it's it's going to be really interesting. But your point about like it's nice to be able to go get a Luca as a common. Absolutely. Like, I mean, even that I sit here and I try to, you know, buy rares and every once in a while, hopefully snag a legendary. I think I have four legendaries. So it's not like I have a ton. You can't, you know, LeBron is out of my range. Like there's no chance, you know. So, so yeah, there's some that you just kind of have to sell for the common. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. I feel you. What I want to kind of rewind back to the run it back and archive set. Um, I'll be honest with you. I'm still on the fence about how I feel about these sets. Like, like highly anticipated. Very great to see uh, some moments with with you know Dwayne Wade and Shaq and everybody. Like that's fantastic to see. But on the flip side, also witnessing a lot of moments, kind of like what you're describing with your own pack, where you got uh, Quentin Richardson, and you're like, okay, like not exactly the outcome you wanted. You got a pack for sure. And that ties into the bigger philosophy that's like, well, not every pack has can be this banger. Like that's it can't work that way. That's not a good market dynamic. But now we're getting calls, especially with last night, the, you know, the announcement that they're gonna make this new Dwayne Wade fandom moment, like an unlimited mint count for pretty much everybody who wants to claim one. And now we're starting to see just, you know, as pack drops start to become more common, again, we're realizing again that dilution is a real thing in top shot as new moments come out like where are you at with all that in terms of you know do these sets have value do we are we is this should we keep making run it backs once a year or or you know are you pretty happy with with the market dynamic with this stuff in there it's super hard it's super difficult to already have your mind made up on that at least it is for me i mean you know we're we're two days into the drop however that being said I mean, I think there is a, a valid point behind the dilution that you're talking about with the archive moments. But in the same vein, you know, like it makes some of those players accessible to, to people. But I'm getting a little bit of throwdowns vibes from this set. Um, is it because the color sense, is the exact same? <laughs> I think that's a little bit of it. Yeah. And we have to consider, too, that I mean, there's 50 moments in this set. 
990 mint count, it's a lot of moments. So half the players, I think as of this morning, about half of the players low ask on the marketplace was below the price of the pack. I think that's fine as to the point that you made because you could still pull a banger. I mean, Shaq is 2,500, you know, Iverson is 2,000, whatever, LeBron. There's plenty that you could pull that you'd be super thrilled with. And it's nice to take that gamble. And almost everyone prior to Q1 and 2 got a pack. But, you know, like some of these players, the ones that are the lower end players, these are retired players. You know, there's no room for them to improve their stock. The way their stock improves is... Top Shot growing, uh, more fans being being a part of the platform, like so, like utility I for pull, the set, utility for yeah, the set as well, utility right? for the set. Yeah. So, like I pulled a Richardson, you know, like if a ton of Knicks fans want that Quentin Richardson, which I don't consider Quentin Richardson like some sort of Knicks legend, but I guess it's kind of cool to to just have if you're a Knicks fan. Uh, but other than that, like it's not the same type where you go buy a player because you're like, I, I like this player. I like where he's headed. I think he's going to be a star in this league. Well, Quinn Richardson's retired. He's, he wasn't a star in the league. So, so it is kind of interesting when you think about that. Uh, but the set itself is great. It was super well executed. I think the moments are, are really well done. I think the, art, the art's great. And it's just fun for the nostalgia factor. Uh, so it hasn't all kind of sunk in yet with me how I feel about it. But I do think there's more plans in the works from Top Shot. I hope uh, so. I hope you so. Men- but the- you mentioned the Wayne fandom, mo- the Wade fandom moment. I mean, and everyone, every new person that signs up and gets their starter pack gets that moment. So they're clearly, you know, working on onboarding people. Yeah, and it's true. And and long term, as much as we all like look at Top Shot with like at this freaking magnifying glass all day every day, we do have to kind of step aside while they try and grow the platform. So we can't just make every piece of media about like super mad that they're putting out really spicy, attractive stuff like Shaq and free D Wade moments, right? It's like they they have to bring people in, and otherwise otherwise our our collections are doomed, right? If it's just if we're just the same group of people just buying new supply then overall it'll never go up, right? Yep, exactly. So, right. so we have to let those people in. And I kind of want to touch on, on another thing you're saying about, about the players being retired because that's actually a really strong point where now if you, like especially a lot of people who were new to the NBA in a sense through Top Shot, right? Because a lot of people got in and were like, oh, I don't really watch too much NBA, but I'm, I'm enjoying this and now I kind of know the players better. And they open a pack and they pull, you know, I'll, I'll take like Kelly Olenek as, a, as an example. G- good player, but not like, not your household name. You pull him, and even if you don't know who he is and his moment's going for like three bucks on the marketplace, you can still then go and watch TV and watch him play and form an opinion on whether you think that guy is good or not or you want to hold it or kind of you can just watch him and understand his role and how he fits into the league with his style of play. Whereas like... You're right, like Quentin Richardson or like Bonzi Wells. It's just like, nope, like there's no story anymore. Like that's not, there's nothing new that's going to happen to that guy ever. So it's almost like it's, I, I think that it's like, I think where I'm seeing, um, for me personally, where it's like there's parts of the set of both sets, archive and run it back that I wasn't super excited for is that getting a no-name player that's active is far more exciting in a sense than getting a no-name player who is not active. Yes, I agree. And I think it's easier to consider these pl- these inactive players as no-name players because they are yeah. active, right? You don't see them. Exactly. So, like, they f- yeah. feel like they're no-name players, even though in their day, like, Yeah, like sorry, no-name's no name too much. I don't mean no-name. Like, you know... But, I, but yeah, what you're saying I don't mean, like, no-name 
But I'm saying, like, go ask, like, your incredibly casual basketball fan. Right. So maybe it, this is it, more of a way yeah. to, you know, they're exploring demographics and, and making this uh, digestible for even a 45-year-old that loves basketball, that Top Shot has just been a little too wild to them, like, to even get a part of it. But, hey, say they are a... Uh, a Sacramento Kings fan, and they remember when Bonzi Wells played for their team, and they love Bonzi Wells. And oh, what? There's a Bonzi Wells moment on Top Shot. I gotta go check this out. Like, there's a little bit of that that's really cool. Now, does it warrant having twenty thousand of them? I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But I, but I do think that they're protecting themselves a little bit. Top Shot is with these mint counts with these moments. I think they're okay with uh, maybe a little bit of short term oversupply. And I think that that's how they're viewing it because they don't want to set themselves up for another situation where they go try to grow and they do grow. And in fact, they might explode a little bit, especially if they have some huge names in the works that are yet to be released. Uh, let's say Kobe Bryant, right? If Kobe Bryant, if they have a plan with that, there's going to be absolute explosion, you would assume. So maybe they're protecting themselves. They want to make sure there's plenty of supply out there and they're willing to, uh, they're willing to, you know, hurt the market a little bit in the short term. And they've earned some belief from, from collectors across the board. And you're not seeing, you know, drastic dips in the market right now. People are, people believe in Top Shot right now, which is great. Well, also right now, I feel like, you know, I feel like people like you and I are, are trying to decipher the code of these like premium experiences. Cause it's like, okay, go to the WNBA finals game if you had all the run it back moments for that a while back. I'm saying I'm saying this is what's keeping part of the market stable as well is that I'm like okay which sets should I be holding right now to maximize utility like what's good you know at the All-Star game there's going to be some kind of massive 75th anniversary thing so do I need to hold all the all the running back moments to qualify for that all of the, both sets you know or something like that right I feel like that kind of mystery utility is what might be driving a lot of the stuff and a lot of that's been pushed you know on on Twitter, in terms of the narrative over the summer, by by people like us and, and some of the others in the community, that's like, yeah, go get your team collector sets like filled up right now, so you don't miss out. So I feel like that kind of contributes to it. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of that. I've, I've and you know I think they're trying to cover their bases here and and say just in the end, the best strategy is to go get what you want. You know, don't don't buy a set because you think maybe it'll pay off in this way. It'll work out if you just love the set. I think that's kind of kind of the direction they're going a little bit, but but who knows really? Who really mm -hmm. knows? Speaking well, of big had, names, uh, sorry, one of the a huge piece of news that dropped earlier this week, but I think we kind of forgotten about now is the the boardroom partnership with Kevin Durant. That's something that I'm like, that's freaking huge, and that to me is way has has way more implications than sending people to opening night or releasing a free Dwayne Wade moment or anything like that. I'm like, yo, man, like, like, you know, that is KD's main thing outside of basketball is growing his media company and clearly what he's going to put a lot of weight into once he's done playing basketball as well. And for him to lend his name and also the boardroom name to Top Shot is such a massive, like, like personal investment on his end to do that. Yeah. I mean, this is maybe the best player in basketball, right? I mean, a, a, t a potential top 10 player of all time. And it's it's funny because it's almost like maybe it's been swept aside a little bit 
because the blog didn't really reveal anything, you know, like it wasn't like, this is what's going to, this is what it's going to look like. It was just more like, Hey, this is happening. So it's kind of hard to really, you're not sure what to get excited about, but absolutely. I mean, this is, this is only good. The amount of good coming from Top Shot in the past three to six months has just been absurd. It's, it's just been one thing after another. Uh, and you know, our focus early on in this podcast has been talking about the market dynamics and, and the sets and, and the supply and all that. But yeah, wait, bringing up Katie, that, that, that's just massive. It's massive. Oh, it's freaking huge, man. What do you think off the top of your head? What do you, how do you think that's going to manifest that type of partnership? I, I literally have no idea. I mean, I'd be interested to hear what you think. Like they talking about his, his hand and, and curating moments and, it's going to be like unique sets or I, I mean, I really don't his, like his own moments or yeah, I don't know. No, I like, don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's hard to, it's really hard to see into the future of what the content and marketing looks like on the top shot side, because I can only think in retrospect. So I'm like, okay, cool. Like we'll have experiences where we can go meet KD. He's going to go into the nine lives lounge and do a chat. Uh, he's going to get on the rip with Jacob and Austin and they're going to break down new moments that are coming out. Maybe you could speculate on like they'll do a set that's like KD's picks and it's just he curates some moments from the first half of the season or something like that, right? Like that could be fun, but I don't know. It's hard to imagine like what is the thing that would be like so new and so different and so unexpected that would come from that partnership and if there is anything like that, or if it's just going to be kind of like a blend of all the stuff we've already seen in other partnerships, right? Yeah, because it doesn't really seem like Katie's personality to go do like media stuff, you know, like around Top Shot. That's not really him, I feel like. But in, and if you just slap his name over a drop, then you know, how much does that really do in the end just because his name's attached to it? I mean, it does some, but there's got to be something truly unique to it, right? There's got to be something that makes it like, wow, this, this is super cool. I mean, they, they would have had to sell him and his team on creative. And also, I think for partnerships like that, we have to think about it less in terms of like, here's what KD is going to do in Top Shot for us, the current collector base, and more so what, what KD is going to do on his platform relating to Top Shot to bring in new people. Right. So I think it's less yes. like, hey, here, KD is going to come on the rip and, and yuck it up with Jacob for like an hour talking about you know, why he doesn't like Russ or something like that or, or something <laughs> like the spicy part that we all hope will happen that will definitely not happen at all. Right. Um, but and more so like the boardroom is going to start to crank out different forms of media um, that are related to Top Shot, but that are outside of the Top Shot, like walls of content so to speak, right? Because Top Shot's pretty, it has to be limited because they have, because of the license. But I assume that like a media partner maybe has more liberty in terms of what they're able to, sh to say. So maybe what we'll see on the boardroom is like official videos and content that are things like top 10 moments that should be playoff or the top 10 basketball plays that should be Top Shot moments and stuff like that. Like, like maybe we'll actually see that type of like sports center type content on the boardroom. Yeah. God, I, I don't know. It, like, it just feels like the, it feels like such an unknown right now, and and speculating on it is is very difficult for me. Okay, uh, I'll 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 stop harassing you then with. with no, you're questions. good. Like, I I love everything you're pouring <laughs> okay, out there. It's let's go to something spinning. more exciting, Brandon. Let's talk about the second wave of trade tickets. Okay, this time you're going to be able to get ten <laughs> trade ten trade ten moments for ten tickets. Isn't that thrilling? Oh my God, can't wait. <laughs>
<laughs> you know, I will not time, be trading but, in tickets. Oh, you're not doing it. No, you're not I doing, it? doing it. Not doing oh, it. Oh, wow. Why? Personal, personal matters, personal decision. Uh, I don't really like see the purpose of doing it right now. Like, I, I mean, I really don't have like 10 moments that I'm just like, uh, normally I like, I like, I'm, I hate having a dirty collection. So like any of those moments I don't want, I just sell them. Even if I know that they might go up, like I'm just like, I don't want this. I hate the way it looks in here. You know, like I don't want this Chemezi Metu in my, like I, I'll pull that yeah. from a pack yeah. and I instantly sell it. <laughs> just a instantly. Dirty, I haven't heard that term yet. I don't want to have a dirty collection. <laughs> <laughs> Which by the way is what makes Top Shot awesome is that you can pull a Chemezi Metu and yeah. list it and sell it. Boom. Immediately. That yeah, oh, for sure, yeah. I just think the dirty collection is, like, <laughs> it's hilarious. You're like, ew, like, got this, I got this. Who's a player that, for you, is on, you would struggle to decide whether you would keep them in your collection or whether they'd make your collection dirty? Like, who is, oh. who's who's the average for you, like, player that's right on the line? That's a good question. So, like, let's pretend we're talking about commons, Right. Yeah, you're pulling a comment. You're pulling a base pack, or you you got a rare pack, and it's and it's you're getting five comments with it, or something like that. And I think a good get, one, yeah. would be Christian Wood, uh, because he's a good player. He's a really good player. Everyone thinks of him as a young player. He's not young. I mean, he's not old, but he's like late twenties, right? So, how much upside is really there? Is he a star? He plays for a bad team. That's the line for me. That's the line. Right. Right. Christian Wood. Christian Wood. So anything, anything north of Christian Wood, you keep. Anything south of Christian Wood, you ditch. Yes, I don't know where that's going. Yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> we'll call it the Christian Wood uh, okay. barometer. I'm gonna throw a couple players at you, and I want to know where they land on that spectrum. Okay. Okay. Tobias Harris. <sighs> wow, he's like right there with Christian Wood. I mean, I feel like he's on that same line. He's on that same line. <laughs> He's okay, so it's the it's the Wood Harris line. It's the, the Wood, Wood Harris, Harris line of moments yeah. <laughs> for you. Um, okay, who else? Uh, Taco Fall, below, below. Yes, Colin Sexton, above. Okay, Gordon Hayward, below. Paul George, above. Caruso, below. Rudy Gobert, above. I'm literally just looking through the marketplace and picking random players. <laughs> I love this game. This game is amazing. <laughs> what about, okay, what about Kyrie right now? I mean, obviously he's above, you know, this is all stuff. Yeah, he's like above. It's, it's, yeah, he's above. But what's your, I mean, this is, this is a totally different topic. I didn't say we talk about, hey, you want to share thoughts on the Kyrie? And we could talk about a marketplace dynamics as well. Like, is that, if he doesn't have any moments this year, does that affect his moments up or down? Yeah, that'll be really interesting, right? I mean, Kyrie's already probably an established Hall of Famer, which is crazy because he's still, I mean, he's probably still in his 20s. So it's just wild to think about. For the situation itself, it's it's wild. I mean, Kyrie, Kyrie is a unique person for sure. Uh, I don't think what he, I think a lot of times what he's saying, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but you know, it's his right to do whatever he wants to do. And that's what he's doing. So you got to leave it at that. And as far as the marketplace dynamics, I was just having a conversation with someone last night about like, if you were to go pick up a, would you ever go buy like a Kyrie legendary right now? If you just had the funds, right? Would that be someone you would consider? Cause I think his hollow icon was sitting around $2,500. Yeah. 
And that seems kind of like a steal. Like if like if Kyrie was playing the full season, the Nets are the favorites to win the championship. Twenty five hundred for Kyrie's hollow icon out of ninety nine feels like a, a deal, a bargain. So it's kind of interesting. But if if you know if he were to just retire from the game of basketball, that might be might be a good buy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. It's it's just under twenty five hundred bucks right now. His all star moment is one hundred six. His his metallic gold reward from series two, which is the play where he dunks and then points. Um, yep, great thumbnail. Is is yeah is is under a thousand bucks as well. Wow, you know, so that's yeah, that's kind of spicy. But at the yeah. same time, it's it's hard to speculate because then what if tomorrow he's like, I retire, and then also. But he could. The thing of Kyrie is, that I feel like at any moment he could do more things to to further cement himself as like kind of a villain, right? Um, not to say that his views are are villainous, but right. his kind of anti-establishment persona, I would say, yeah, um, is villain villain like rather. And I think a little bit people just want to watch him play basketball because he's a super yes. fun basketball player to watch, right? Oh yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's like we're just we're just like, <clears throat> dude, just just get over it and get get back to playing. Like we just we want to see you and KD and 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 Harden together for a full season. Like we just please exactly. just like gift us that. Like we just. Yep want to see that because it's it's you know there's a lot of super teams but it's it's it'll be rare that there's one that's that loaded right but what would happen i mean you, their prime you said it if he retired tomorrow what would happen to his moments don't, don't they know. shoot up i think they shoot up you think they shoot up though i think they do yeah if he they says do. i officially retire i think but then they would be unretired he's he would totally unretire though yeah, he probably would. I mean, he totally, like, come on, man. He, he's totally the kind of guy who would and like, then they retire like a month later. <laughs> like He'd be like, now nope, totally. nope, I'm coming back. Yeah, totally. totally that kind of guy, man. Um, I did have one more point I wanted to float by you for the for the boardroom partnership, actually, I forgot to bring up. Do you think the, the KD being a, such a high-profile partnership, do you think that that prevents there being a partnership with LeBron? Wow, that's interesting. You know, it it might, it really might. But I don't, I don't know. I don't, maybe in the short term, you know, I, you might need more proof on top on top shot side to to establish some sort of other partnership with LeBron because that that'd be that'd be big time. But I would say yes in the short term, but not not necessarily in the long term. Yeah, I wonder. I don't know to what level that there's like competition there in terms of landing big like media deals between the top players in the league or even like thinking like Steph Curry or anything like, like just think about the other, you know, top three, top four players. I don't know how that works. Yeah. But I wonder, same. I wonder, but then, it, but then if you had like now it's KD and then like at the end of the year, it's like, okay, now Michael Jordan's on board and he's doing all these endorsements and his moments coming out. I feel like LeBron would be kind of left out and that we'd have to get him in. I have lawn mowing guys right outside my window. I can I'm hear sorry. it. I don't it's know okay, if you man. hear that. <laughs> I tried, tried honestly, to beat my mic. Listen, it's it's raining. Like, this is the hardest rain I've seen since, like, last winter here. And it's like, if you've ever been to the West Coast, like, to Seattle or, or Canada where I am, it's just like, you know, the rain is, like, killer. And hearing the lawn mowing in the background on your end actually makes <laughs> me think of a sunny day, which it's, is nice. It's very nice here in Oklahoma City today. Uh, it's like... <laughs> High 60s, sun is shining. And you know, it's good because now that we're on the topic of weather, two consecutive nights, two consecutive nights uh, this past week, tornadoes in Oklahoma City overnight in the middle of the night. Goodness. Yeah, pretty wild. That's terrifying. 
<laughs> well, so if scary. if you're from here, it's like you're kind of used to it a little bit. You grow you grow up with it, and you you know tornadoes aren't that scary to you. But an overnight tornado that is scary if you're if you're sleeping. You know, yeah, yeah. As you're what sleeping, a, in a tornado comes into your room. <laughs> yeah, you're your dead. <laughs> yeah, and you're dead. Oh, that's terrible. That's terrible. That's, I'm sorry for anybody who's been affected by those. That's 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 scary as hell. Honestly. Last question before we we dip into the uh, players to grab before it's too late. We've yet to see any of the legendary moments actually leave the platform, um, and I'm not sure how functional that is yet. But it's been promised to us and 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 been shown that. Um, a lot of the moments will soon be able to leave the centralized Topshop marketplace and you'll be able to put them on a, a different wallet such as Blockto and kind of port them around to different marketplaces uh, like Blockto Bay and, and Vive. It's hard to see into the future because we haven't seen too much market action around it or anything. In your opinion, does that precipitate some kind of major market shift over time to be able to do that? I don't, I don't think so, but... You know, I feel relatively new to this space that I kind of don't feel qualified to know the answer to that. Like, it's really hard for me to envision. But I do think that as Flow is just growing and, and more uh, projects are building on Flow and you can just have all of your, you know, with with NFL coming out and La Liga coming out and potentially UFC down the line and you can have all of your NFTs right there, like your football, your basketball, all your sports, you know, and potentially other projects as well. All there, all right there in the same wallet uh, to look at off Top Shots platform. That's a really cool thing. Bundle sales, uh, maybe external utility. I, I don't know. I, I, it's it's going to be really interesting. Fractionalization. To see. Fractionalization. Right? That's the other big thing that we've would love to, to go see. in on a KD yeah. run it back with someone. <laughs> would love to do that. Yeah. I, but that's those are the things that come to mind instantly for me. But it's really hard for me to to see into that future. And you're the guy that I would love to, you know, pick your brain about kind of what you mm-hmm. think about all that. Yeah, I was thinking even when we, before we got on, I was like, it'd be good to, to do a totally separate podcast about that. Maybe once it's actually like fully functional and we're starting to see those moments move off because I was just checking this morning. I haven't seen any. I was thinking about trying it last night um, with the one or two legendaries that I have. But yeah, maybe that's a topic for another day once we can actually do it. I will say off the top of my head that I think it's going to change the dynamic of Top Shot in a way that we can't imagine yet, um, because I think we look at Top Shot, which is it's and it's fair. We should we should have looked at it like this because it was for a lot of us our introduction into NFTs and crypto. It, we look at Top Shot in a relatively basic way, right? Like that. Obviously, to learn Top Shot is is complex. You have to learn about the tiers and and the market dynamics and the players and the sets and and uh, the series and all that stuff and and learn to anticipate what's coming next. But we still look at it as like buy, sell, trade, collect, hold the set, get some points, go to a game. Pretty basic. Whereas this will port the moments and parts of the capital of the market into like the open crypto market. And a lot of NFTs now we see are starting to dip into bigger kind of like DeFi ideals, right? A lot of people are starting to release like tokens with NFTs and you can stake your NFTs for tokens and fractionalize your NFTs and 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 do a lot of like really interesting, cool stuff. And I think it's gonna, for, for quite a few people in Top Shot, it's gonna really help open their mind as to what is really going on in the rest of crypto, not just in NFTs, but in terms of like the financial aspect. Um, so like Top Shot is kind of, you know, 
crack that door open for a lot of people. Yeah. It's like getting and now it's take and us now on it's that to- next it's gonna take us to the next step, right? Because I think collectibles we've only ever looked at as as like it's one dimensional. Like I have an expensive collectible, somebody else wants to buy it for a lot of money. That's it. Right. And Top Shot's already started to be like, well, no, these can do more. They unlock like fun experiences and get get you into little clubs with other people and stuff. Like that's good. But they still haven't Top Shot hasn't expanded on the finance of the asset. Right. Like, like there's nothing that's changed of the financials of the asset outside of just the value that changes. So I think that that's what's going to do, right? With guys like, uh, you know, Arsenic and MBL, like building Floaty um, and Andy building Fractional and, and a lot of the other protocols out there. It's like a lot of us still don't really fully understand what that's going to do for us. But even you already started to think about, you're like, okay, like if that lets me own like 10% of one of the KD run it backs, like you're in, right? And it'll enable, maybe you'll end up in a DAO of people that own only a few select moments like KD and, and maybe some finals LeBron legendaries and stuff like that. And then what can you guys do as a collective of people who own those moments is, is the kind of stuff that I think this is going to open up. It'll be interesting to see what percentage of the collector base, you know, utilizes a feature like this, like over time. It'll need to be attractive, right? It won't be like the day it opens up, everybody just ports all their moments out and is like, look, everybody, I fractionalized and I'm staking them, get some tokens, like blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't think it's going to work that way. I think some people are going to develop stuff and then others will need their hands held through the process. But once they get over that hump, just like Top Shot and just like starting to use Ethereum and stuff like that, once you get over that hump, I think it's going to really click for a lot of people. And I think like in a year's time, we're going to look at the value of these assets, especially the really big ones like legendaries. I think we're going to look at them very differently than how we do now. And even you and I talking, we're like a a Kyrie hollow, like, oh, it's 2,500 bucks for series two and 20,000 bucks for a series one. And it's like, there's no other dimension to it than that at all. But I think there will be very Mm. soon. Spicy, yeah. love it. Yes, yeah, spicy. <laughs> We're going to the fourth dimension, dude. We're going into a whole new dimension. Oh, speaking of which, I know there's so many topics to cover with you, but I love chatting with you. Genesis moments are coming to auction too. That's other news that we've just completely been like, well, but we're not even thinking about that anymore. But that's supposed to happen like soon. And I have no idea what that's going to do to the market. Does it do anything? I mean, it, it's a very small group of people that are that are going to be at play for these things. You think so? Like, what's the... Right? I mean... Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But I don't know. I just don't know. I, we haven't done like much auctioning in, in Top Shot, right? Like Live Token runs their, um, you know, Bonfire runs his, uh, his auction option, but it's not like, hey, here's like the one of one LeBron. Right. 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 Exactly. <laughs> like it's not, that's <laughs> such a different thing. And also, these are I, the same yeah. moments, right? Like, uh, yes. Those series. So, what are the, what are it's they the going to look like? The because same you know, place. the the differentiate <laughs> of the common to the rare to the legendary, we see those in series one. What does the Genesis look like? Like, what sets it apart? Is it just like, you know, what, what, what is going to make it special? It's got to have something that's going to be like completely shiny about it. So Keen that'll to be see the design. Keen to yeah, see the exactly. design for sure. Yeah. What's the, I hope the design is cool, but that's, but that's even what I mean in terms of, you know, kind of going back to being able to port your moments outside of top shot is like, cool. Like maybe I, I don't have the cash to get in on a one of one, um, Kyle Lowry or something like that, but I, I'll, I'll put 500 bucks into owning a piece of it for sure. Right. Right. Yeah. So maybe that's, you know, maybe that'll, the Genesis moments end up being like this kind of group ownership thing where we all own parts of it. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a new way of, you know, we typically don't talk about Top Shot as far as investing. Like, you know, it's really shifted to like more collecting conversations. But 
when you talk about moving them off platform, uh, investing really comes in play, like what you're talking about, the fractionalization, where you can make that decision for yourself as an individual and say, you know what, I do want to put $500 in this one of one Kyle Lowry because I like it as an investment. And I, I can just let it sit there. I don't care that I don't have it in my, in my Top Shot collection. This is an investment. Well, that's it. Well, I mean, I think it's going to change the market dynamics in a way that, like, yeah, if you're a huge fan of one player and one of the and the player that had that player has a Genesis moment, there is no better moment than the Genesis moment. Maybe there's better plays, more significant plays, but in terms of the the dynamic of the market, that's like scarcity and series. There's no, there, there will never be anything better than the Genesis moment. That's why it's called the Genesis moment. So it's like if I'm a Cal Lowry fan. Yeah, I want his last moments on the Raptors. Like I told you, I stacked like 10 of them. But I was like, I want a piece of that Genesis for sure. So each moment has a Genesis version. Is no, only 150 of them. Okay, only 150 of them. Five from each team. Interesting. Okay. Now starting I know. With the, starting with, um, with the Hawks because it went in right, alphabetical order of team. So the first player is Trey Young and then it's followed by like John Collins. And then uh, I can't remember who else is actually there. I can pull it up, but... Um, I think Hunter, Cam Reddish. Yes. Uh, was Capella on the Hawks then? No, I don't think he has a Series 1 Hawks moment. Yeah, no, because no, his doesn't. debut is Series 2. He's on Houston Series. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah, Herder. Herder. It's Herder. It's Herder. Yeah, you're right. It's Herder. Yeah. No, it, Vince. Vince. Vince is on the Hawks. Vince, yeah. Vince. It's Vince. Yeah, so it goes... It goes Trey Young, John Collins, Cam Reddish, Vince Carter, Herter, Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Kemba Walker, Daniel Tice, uh, Kyrie, and that's because, that's the order in which they're made. Right, because these are just the the very first 150 moments that were ever made on Top Shot. That's right. Yeah. So then for OKC, it's Chris Paul, Stephen Adams, Gallinari, Nerlens Noel, and SGA. I was about to say, SGA better be one of them. That'd be <laughs> so. There's a one of one SGA that'll be part of these auctions. Might have to get in on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. And that is going to do it for us today, folks. Thank you for listening. We got the other half of the conversation with Brandon coming up this Wednesday on the show. So tune in for that. And before then, Get excited. Tomorrow night, the NBA finally returns. It's been a long but kind of short offseason, and we're very excited to experience this new season with you. We'll see you next time on The First Mint.